Hello and welcome to Jonesing for Justice, your fix for legal news, information, and entertainment. So today I want to talk about the curious case of when parents perhaps go too far. So the first incident uh, comes out of Baltimore and Towson University. Uh, it was over the news, all over it seemed like, where there is a mom who police wanted to talk to because she apparently, on at least three separate occasions, showed up at the school talking to female students, showing pictures on her cell phone of her son, and asking people if they were interested in dating her son. Now, they described the woman as a female, appearing to be in her 50s, wearing glasses, jeans, and a striped shirt. Uh, And then, of course, they showed pictures. She looks so much like a suburban mom. There's a cute little scarf uh, around her neck. She's wearing, um, you know, it looks very nice, very suburban. And uh, the thought is, you know, she doesn't look dangerous at all. Like, this is not a woman who you think uh, is committing a crime on campus. But, of course, this concept that a mom would show up at school and actually ask people to date her son is really, really weird. Now, of course, they're saying she's not suspected of committing a crime. They just want her to stop. Um, So, yeah, I guess you can be on a campus. You can visit a campus. If you're not trespassing, it's not a crime. But there are some really interesting takeaways from this. First off, her son has to be incredibly embarrassed. I mean, I know I would if my mom were out saying, hey, do you want to date my kid? Especially when I was in college and I was not at that point. Now I'm like, why didn't my parents pick out a spouse for me? Like they could have done a great job. Um, But the other thing is, is that from a school perspective, I mean, you obviously don't want parents involved in that way. But as a young woman, even if another woman approaches me, the concept that this person is speaking to me about intimate details like that can be disturbing. Um, For one, we hear a lot about human trafficking, and I'm not saying that she's a human trafficker, that's what she's doing, but a lot of what goes on in the human trafficking world is that there are women, actual women, um, or young girls, who get other young girls or women um, with the promise of helping them in some way, shape, or form, whether it's to get a job or meet people or do whatever, and then they get them to an undisclosed location where they are then trafficked for sexual purposes. Now, I'm not saying this mom is doing that. However, these are the kind of things that as women we often have to be aware of when we are interacting with new people, especially in slightly suspicious scenarios like that. Uh, so, I don't know what you all think about it, but it just strikes me as weird. Uh, Not only did she do it once, like, hey, I just happened to be here and my son was down and I thought, hey, you're a cutie. Would you like me, you know, would you interested in dating my son? But she did it on at least three occasions. Um, Three incidents, they said were related, um, that she went to a couple of buildings, that she approached um, several students, that she had a picture on her cell phone, that she was showing who her son is. And, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, for me, I guess, as a son, you're thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, I look like a creeper if I can't get dates on my own. But I don't know what would have possessed her to think that this is a really legitimate way to find a date for her son. Um, And on campus, what is their duty to the students? How do they they deal with people who are coming on campus to make sure that they're on campus for the purpose that they say they're on campus for? So maybe you're you're in in a closed campus, ones like those of us who went to more small little road schools, you know, they're more closed campuses, you know, maybe like my sisters, you kind of have to go through a gate to get into the campus and you had to 
you know, there's a, a gatekeeper there and you show your ID or tell them what you're going for. But in city campuses especially, they're much more open. It's much harder to know who's there and who's not supposed to be there. And maybe even if you have to show ID to get into specific buildings, um, you know, it may be easy to get around that. I don't know. But of course, I'm wondering, like, what part of the game is that? When did that become the thing where it makes sense to actually go on a college campus and to embarrass your child in such a way? Like I said, there are possible legal implications, but probably not likely. I don't think she's a human trafficker, so that's not going to happen. She's probably not going to be charged with trespass. After all, as a parent, she has a right to go on campus, generally speaking. Um, and unless she's really harassing students to the point where they feel uncomfortable, um, then perhaps she's not going to face any charges for this at all. And of course, that's probably the right thing to do. I mean, you don't go around charging moms for being moms. Um, but someone, please, if I ever get to the point in life where I am trolling my kid's school, trying to find dates for them, like someone pull my coattails, pull me to the side and say, no, Jackie, no, 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 no. But what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, I obviously don't think there is any real criminal liability here, though I can think of several ways that it could come to that. Um, and that's because I'm a lawyer and that's the stuff we do. Um, but I do think it's probably potentially embarrassing. Um, and I do think that it has the potential to create new rules on campus. So there may be new rules about what visitors can and can't do, which ultimately could lead to that mother having... Um, an order or maybe a, a letter issued to her saying that she should not be on campus, in which case trespassing could actually be a thing. So while I don't think it will lead to a severe legal problem for this mom, I just have to say, what part of the game is that? Like, how's it going down? <laughs> um, I don't know. But uh, for this first segment, uh, you give me a shout out and let us know on our podcast um, what you think and what would you do if you were approached by someone asking to date their child? Hmm. In the next segment, we're going to talk about another curious case of parents who may have gone a little too far. In this case, their son was injured in a ski accident, and they went to the courts asking for a very specific thing. I'll get right back to you in the next section. Thanks. Are you looking for a good family law attorney? Well, look no further. Jones & Associates Law PC, located in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, right across from the historic media courthouse, is the place for you. We handle all sorts of family matters, from divorce, custody, child support, spouse support, even adoption. So give us a call at 610-874-1900, where we can help. 610-874-1900. So, in the next curious case of parents who may be going too far, or maybe not, we are talking about a young 21-year-old, um, Peter Zhu, uh, who sadly passed away in a car accident uh, in Westchester, New York. He was apparently a cadet who was very successful and very beloved, and unfortunately he passed away, and he was brain damaged and had organs that were to be donated. Uh, however, prior to the organ donation, his parents made an unusual request to a judge. And 
this may shock you. Uh, it is unusual. They asked for a small piece of Peter to live on, and that small piece was his sperm. They wanted to remove the sperm of their son so that they can obtain the genetic material so that they could possibly have a grandchild in the future. Well, what do you think about that? You are mourning the loss of your 21-year-old son, knowing that he has had no children, and you decide to hire an attorney to actually ask the judge for his sperm. Now, uh, one of the things they basically said was that he is the only male child of the Zhu family, and if they didn't obtain the genetic material, it would be impossible to carry on their family's lineage, and their family name will die. Um, apparently, this family is Chinese. Um, that is what the articles are telling me, and this becomes interesting and actually important in this case, because if they are from native China, um, they have been in a situation where for many years there has been a one-child policy, and that one-child policy has definitely favored the male child. Um, there are a number of abandoned girls or girls killed either in utero or after birth um, so that they could carry on this legacy, which has also resulted in the marriage crisis. But that's another story. But this family's argument is not only do we want a grandchild, not only do we want a piece of our son, we want to be able to carry on the family legacy, which will die with our son. Now, imagine that this is your only child and he's your only son and um, he passed away. Um, Wow. Um, and I don't know. It's horrible. Now, this has happened before. Um, starting at least, in, at least in the 80s, there have been uh, attempts or a request to preserve sperm from someone who's dead or dying. Um, they said in 2009, there was a 21-year-old named Nicholas Evans who died after a blow during a bar fight in Austin, Texas. His mother got permission from a probate judge to have her son's sperm extracted by a urologist. Um, she intended to hire a surrogate to bear her grandchild. Now, that's a whole nother story because a surrogate bearing your grandchild means, um, I mean, who's responsible for this child? I mean, the father's dead. Uh, there's presumably no social security or anything going because there was no child um, anticipated or born or in, in, in utero at the time of his death. Um, I guess this grandmother is going to be the legal mother of her grandchild because a surrogate would have no rights. Very interesting. Um, and I guess, I don't know, it's the difference out there whether someone says, I want to extract the sperm and maybe donate it so that my son's genetic material is out there versus I want to find someone to bear my grandchild and actually have a relationship. And do you find a woman like, hey, this was his girlfriend and I want her to be the mother of the children and then we want grandparents' rights? Or is it something like we pick a surrogate and this person has no rights at all? Uh, there are so many, I don't know, interesting things um, I don't know, but so many interesting, interesting things with this um, case. Apparently, this young man, Peter, who passed away, was in the Cadet Medical Society. He was a, I believe it was West Point Cadet, and he was planning to go to medical school. Um, and, you know, I mean, everyone said great things about him, that he embodied the ideals of the Corps of Cadets, its motto, duty, honor, and country. Um, so he was apparently an exceptional young man. And so the idea that he would be gone and there would be nothing left of him to the parents has to be devastating. Uh, however, um, what, what happens? I mean, in the case, uh, 
uh, in this case, the, the judge told them to retrieve the sperm and store it pending a court hearing. So we won't know what happened. The court hearing is scheduled um, in a few weeks. We won't know what happened ultimately, but the judge at least preserved the sperm so that the possibility exists. Um, you know, on the off chance that he does award it to them, they, you know, they have the ability to, to do that. But I guess to have it. Now, what happens after you have it, though? Because if they have it, they own it, they have custody of it. I, I mean, I don't know what to call this. Um, then what? Do they have the right to have a child be born? Do they have a right to um, engage a surrogate? <clears throat> Excuse me, a little bit of a tickle in my throat today. But I guess um, with all that, what are the child's legal rights? Because their biological father would be their brother in a sense. Because the, the I guess, potential grandparents, who are the parents of the young man who passed away, would actually... Um, they would have to be the legal parents of the baby because the legal parent can't be someone who was dead before the baby was born and conceived, right? And the legal parent can't be the surrogate. So the grandparents would have to be the legal baby, uh, legal parents of their grandchild. What does that mean? Now, for inheritance rights purposes, it means they inherit 100%. Um, it's not an issue. Um, if you are the legal parents, you are the parents. It does not matter how they came to be biologically yours. But just emotionally, psychologically, and then what do they do? Like, how do you raise this child? Do you raise them like it's your child? Do you raise them like it's your grandchild? Do you give them lots of great stories about their brother slash dad? Um, like, what child wants to feel like they were brought, they were brought into the world solely because their parents um, were upset about another child they lost? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's difficult. Uh, it's it's very difficult. We don't know what to do with that. So, um, a lot of legal issues that come into play. So the judge is really going to have to look at a couple of things. But the interesting thing is, is that I don't believe the judge will look at what usually comes it comes um, up when we deal with things like. Uh, custody, which is the best interest of the child, because there is no child. There's a potential child. And so what does that mean? Does that mean the best interest comes into play? Or does it just mean they have a right to the sperm? I have no idea. I wonder what we're looking at. I mean, um, I mean, there is no liability for the deceased father. I mean, he doesn't have anything, presumably, that the child would inherit. So there's really not that issue. Um, I just... Wow, there's so many unknowns in this case. And I wonder, how as the judge do you make that decision? What are you looking to for case law? What does the case law say? I mean, I probably should have researched that, but, you know, not my state. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I mean, uh, these two stories we talked about today are parents who were a little extreme, right? The first one was a mother who was looking for a date for her son, possibly a girlfriend on college campuses, campus. And now we have parents who are looking to extract sperm from their dead son so they could possibly have a grandchild in the future. Um, these are not things that happen in everyday parenting. These are not things that you would think about. Um, I have no idea what the line is and what too far is, but both of them seem to be really, really skating on those lines and really making you think differently about what does it mean to be a parent in today's world to a young adult because these children are both young adults. I mean, you lose a child in their early 20s or you have a child in college during their early 20s. At what point do you have to step back as a parent and say there are just some things that I don't get? Uh, the other thing is, is that years ago, if your child had passed away in a tragic accident, you had no opportunity for grandchildren. It was just over. Um, this may be different. This this is something where um, these 
grandparents potentially um, who are you know parents of the deceased child um, may be able to do something that others would not I mean who mourn for years and years and years and thought I really wish there could have been some way to keep a piece of my child they may actually have the potential to keep a piece of their child um, let me know what you think uh, feel free to drop us a line uh, check us out on anchor dot uh, fm slash I think it's Jones in and you can uh, leave messages for me there or um, you know write a review tell us what you think about the podcast we'd love to hear from you have a great great day